Welcome to episode one. Episode one from Operatory Nine. Two dentists talking about dentistry. That's right. I'm Chris Hendricks. And I'm Jason Gonzalez. Okay. You know what? Let's get to it. Okay. So, you know this kid. He, he comes to our practice. We do his dental and his ortho in our office. You'll know him for some of his special skills. This is the kid who knows more decimal points for pi than any other kid, certainly in this city, maybe elsewhere. Yes, yes, I know the, the, the child that you are referring to. He also might be the most hardcore Rubik's Cube-er I've ever met. Is Cuber, Cuber's a term now? I'm pretty is sure that... Cuber's a term. Okay. I'm not sure what they call themselves in their circles, but I know it's a thing. I do know this kid has a serious cubing YouTube channel. It hasn't blown up yet, but it might after this. It might after this may be the this may be what <laughs> after we give him a shout out, definitely. So anyway, okay, so his mom, he was in for something. I was talking to his mom, not in front of him. And she's like, Hey, guess what guess what happened? Or what? He was at Scout Camp last week. Oh, that's great. And guess what Maripatchy did? I don't know, tell me. Dentistry mayor patch. And of course I was like, oh, cool. But then I was then I was thinking, wait, 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 wait. You were at dentist did dentistry mayor patch at Boy Scout camp? I mean, dentistry mayor patch, I did it as a kid. I actually remember doing it as a kid. I remember the dentist who taught it to us was my home dentist, and we had to carve teeth out of a bar of soap, soap. Yeah. yeah and i and you were supposed to come to scouts that night with a with a bar of soap and a knife and i was one of the few kids who did which is crazy because i certainly didn't remember it on my own but my parents must have done that for me and very and a bunch of other kids didn't and they were this dentist was pissed he was like yelling at everybody you don't take this serious like big ordeal anyway it just doesn't seem like the kind of merit badge you would do at boy scout camp you know rifle shooting sure Swimming? Sure. Horseback riding? Sure. You know, a lot of merit badges you might do at Boy Scout camp. Dentistry doesn't seem like one of them. And for a child that has uh, a collection of 62 Rubik's Cubes, that, that's the most impressive thing about that, that he comes away going, you know what? I may, I may put my Rubik's Cubing aside. And hit up dentistry. Hit well, up so dentistry. that's what his mom was telling me was, he was so enamored with the dentistry merit badge, he now wants to be a dentist. And I was like, oh, you know, that's great. And I'm thinking she's going to be like, hey, why don't – can he come shadow here or do this or that? Instead, she says, but we're not sure about that. I'm like, what? I'm thinking, you don't want him to be a dentist? I mean, the $400,000 in student debt, that's a lot. And I was like, whoa, holy cow, like – couple of things. One, where did she get her figure $400,000? Don't know. I have an idea. I think you and I both know a um, dentist who may or may not have disclosed that number to them. Maybe a own, little bit higher than that. As his own <laughs> personal debt. But also, like the question that really struck me was, is the public now seeing dentistry as not worth the investment? You know, if she looks at me and says, wow, it's not... Wow, you know, I like to think 
you know, dentistry should be a a job people would be envious of. Like, oh, you're a dentist. I think there's still a little bit of of that that exists. But are people now in the public questioning whether or not dentistry is a worthwhile investment? Well, and one of the the references that we have, it's originally from the Wall Street Journal, but the the one that we have access to, uh, the Business Insider, the, the main title itself says the story of an orthodontist making six figures with one million in student loan debt shows why doctors and lawyers are no longer the richest people you know. Right. Very right. <laughs> so has so I think today hopefully we can we're gonna attack this and see if we can figure out is dentistry still a worthwhile investment or has the cost of education gotten so out of control? That we've undermined our own profession, and does knowing the number of how how much it costs determine what profession you're going to go into? Absolutely. Are people wondering whether or not it's a good investment to be a dentist these days? Because that never crossed my mind when I was getting into it. In fact, if I'm being honest, I'm laying in bed. Um, I'm, Laying in bed in my uh, apartment in college, my roommate's in the bedroom in his separate bed, and we're <laughs> and we are Thank discussing. For, yes, it's good to bring that yes, up, right? It's good I mean, to bring that up. Yeah, I mean, discussion. We're discussing what we're gonna be when we grow up. What are we gonna do? We're in college. Both of us didn't like what we were doing at the time. We're like, what should we be? And we're like, oh, what if we were dentists? And he's like, oh, yeah, I know this dentist, and he's really successful. And I'm like, oh, I know a dentist, and he's really successful. So maybe that's what we should do. So we, like, roll down to the student, like, counseling office or whatever the next day. We're like, hey, we want to be dentists. And they hand us a packet. They're like, do this. I'm like, okay. We, long story short, we both ended up doing it over time. And never once did I ask myself, like, oh, is this going to be worth it? Is this the cost of school worth doing? And um, well, for me, it, it's secondary. So it was actually the, the reverse. I, I know I wanted a family. I knew, okay, well, I want to pick a job that's going to be able to support that family. Dentistry is is in the the health professional field. I want to be in the health professional field, and I found dentistry appealing, and so. One of the things I looked at also was carpentry, which is not um, something that is notable for bringing in an, a, um, a good amount of income if you're planning on supporting uh, your family. And so kids were you that, gunning for back so then? That's, so when, when looking at that, I thought that would be more of something like a hobby for me. But, but I thought, okay, well, I want something that has a good lifestyle, and dentistry was it. See, that's... And you didn't know how much it was going to cost. I didn't know. I knew it was you take out loans. Okay. And the the amount of loans, once you're like signing over the, these papers, there are multiple, right? It's right, not right. just one loan. No, lump no, it's sum. like 25 loans. Right. And so, so you don't ever actually know how much you're you borrowing. You don't know how much. And that number, once you do, it's not real. It doesn't, you just said, well, I need for tuition. But I also need to uh, live somewhere, so I right. need more loans to pay. That. So what's the maximum I can do? It does. It's not real to me. That's pretty because, much what everyone I knew in school right, did. Right. Like, 
What's the maximum I can possibly take? Okay, well, see, that's different for me. I was never like, oh, I want to have a family and so deliberate about it. I was just like, well, I need a job and, you know, what seems good. And I don't know, maybe my dad was pushing me at some point. Oh, you should try being a dentist or whatnot. Anyway, still, I didn't ever think about cost until the application cycle. I remember in the application cycle looking and you know, you had the list of schools and like a booklet or something that the college had and listed tuition for all the different schools. There's the in-state cost, the out-of-state cost, and then there were the private schools and the percentage of people who got in and all that stuff. And I remember looking at the private schools and a few of us were like, this is insane. Like who would pay this much to go to dental school? But we were like, well, we would if we didn't get into wherever we were hoping to get in. So like you didn't want to go to the most expensive school, but you certainly didn't like say, oh, well, I, if it was the only place I got in, you weren't going to turn it down. You were just going to go. Right. So that that's the interesting thing because we saw recently there's the orthodontist from Utah who cracked a million dollars in student loans. Right. It's sad, like the Wall Street Journal did a write-up. Um, that We read the Business Insider article. There was a, a, several different things in the media about this guy. So, so this a is a guy. Dollars, a million dollar loan combined with just his dental school and his residency. And his, yeah, and his residency. Does not have anything to do with his, his undergrad at all. So just those two, a million dollars in debt. And now, like, when I hear that number, that's insane. I'm like, how, how do you get yourself in debt that deep? And now that I've been in practice for a number of years and I've worked with several people who have had a substantial amount of student debt, like, I get it. Um, I can see, like, oh, wow, if the media is saying this kind of stuff, like, oh, it's a million dollars to go to dental school or a million dollars to be an orthodontist, is it even worth it? Like, I kind of get it. But I was just still like I was totally shocked that this kid who's a Boy Scout that he was thinking probably wasn't him or maybe it was. I mean, this is the kid who knows like all the all the numbers of pi. But like his parents were like, oh, man, maybe don't do that. The student debt's going to be too high. You shouldn't do it. So the question is whether it's worth it or people finding it is thinking, OK, is it even worth is dentistry worth the investment that much? Um, into that and well, the question can come from both ways before do I think that's worth it or after was it worth it was it was it was, worth it? was this was it worth all that debt do you think this I, orthodontist in Utah thinks it was worth it well it's it sounds that, like it, it. sounds I mean, like it sounds like he's game in the system right right like if you look up his article and anybody listening should look this guy up his name's Mike Mayru uh, million dollar dental school debt you'll find him online anywhere he apparently has like a Tesla and the article made sure to point out that he vacations and has a, you know, oh, and don't half forget he goes to Panda Express. Something. That's, that's very important to know. I don't know why <laughs> that was important right. to put in there. Panda Express. Oh my gosh. Right? <laughs> so weird. The weirdest art. I mean, it's like totally an article meant to sensationalize everything. And, but weird too, that this guy trusted a government program that he's going to do a government program where he's going to pay back. What sounded like up to a million dollars in total is what he would end up paying, but he's on like a capped percentage he pays a month. And then after 20 years or whatever, they're going to forgive this or 10 years, whatever the time period was. 
and the government would pay off his remaining balance. But he's still going to be responsible for income tax on that loan forgiveness, which is was they were saying so could be projected to be somewhere around seven hundred thousand dollars. So that's going to be pretty pretty darn pricey for this guy. Well, but, and we talk about the the government giving out this loan, but it's the schools that are saying that this is how much it is, like this is how much you need to take out loans. So that's that's the number one thing is you've got a, a bunch of schools that have a very, very high tuition rate to where people, and then you have these schools living in areas where the cost of living is very high too. Right. That adds on to or tax on to the amount uh, of loans that you're going to be required to if you if you don't have somebody else help support you. Um, but who's more at fault, the schools right. or the government, right? Because the government's essentially now a, has allowed people to borrow these unbelievable sums of money. And the schools are like, hey, guess what? These guys have a huge budget. I mean, I'll just say this. I'm, I know, you know, on some of the treatments we offer in the office, we have kind of discretionary pricing based on how hard we anticipate the treatment's going to be or um, we have the ability to discount somebody under certain circumstances. I know like the staff will come to me sometimes and be like, oh, hey, don't cut these guys a deal. They have money, which is not a good thing to do, right? But they'll say that, and I'm just imagining the dental schools thinking like, hey, the government's not going to cap the student loans. Let's really milk it. Or saying, hey, our, our counterpart uh, school is is now charging this for tu- tuition. We've got to match that so that we can look just as competitive. Right. As so them. that must be what. So maybe that's what dental school is worth. They think. Um, and I read that. I believe it was the Business Insider article about the uh, Mike Meru guy was saying that dental school has become the most expensive professional school. So like medical, law, other professions, dental school is the most expensive. And does it remain worth it? You know, and I guess, it, is it worth it? Sure, it's worth it if you can pay it off and still lead a great life. And as you were pointing out, maybe it's worth it, period, if you just enjoy the job. But from like an investment standpoint, you got to wonder, like, is it worth it anymore? Well, and the other thing is you don't know whether it's worth it. I knew um, a handful of people that went into dental school and ended up dropping out the first year, the second year, even the third year, finding out for themselves that, you know what, this maybe isn't the the job for me. Well, at three years, you've already paid a um, 75% of, or you've, you can't get that back. You've no. now, you've taken out 75% of your whole entire loan or your, for that tuition. And now you got to start over with whatever, you're going to still have to pay that back. And what's crazy about that is if you make it through three years, why wouldn't you just finish? You don't have to practice dentistry, but you'd at least have the degree. And maybe that would enable you to get another job in the industry or something where your, you know, your doctor credentials could get you, could get you through. I, that's, that's insane to me. But I do know some people from dental school who made it through one or two years and then quit. Like I knew kids who got kicked out because they sucked. But I also knew people who just straight up quit. Like, oh, I want to be 
this or that. And they're, they're or they on. found out they didn't have the hand skills to be able to make right. it. They were smart enough to get into that dental That falls school. into my group of people who sucked. Right, right, right. Um, so there's a list that I found on Facebook, and then okay. and we'll be able to post this on our Facebook page uh, for those of you that um, have subscribed here. Um, but uh, there are some uh, pictures that somebody took of the uh, uh, list of schools and their uh, assumed um, amount of student loans that the, the estimated of how much the class of 2021 could owe uh, in student loans. Um, and this is uh, for just tuition for all of these schools. And so there's, there's three pages of this going from, we have the Virginia Commonwealth University um, of School of Dentistry at 218. And then at the very end of the list, uh, we have our um, LECOM School of Dentistry, uh, Dental Medicine at 456. And that's probably just, just tuition. Just tuition. That's tuition so, And alone. then imagine what you're taking in loans for housing and everything else. Right, that right. Because it's not like you can work or hold down a job. Right. Unless, you know, somebody's doing that for you. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, I've, I think the student debt crisis will definitely change the face of dentistry. It certainly has... Um, from my perspective. So to be like really forthcoming for everybody, I graduated in 2008 with about $175,000 in dental school debt. And then that was at UMKC. That was at University of Missouri, Kansas City. And oh my gosh, did people complain about the cost of dental school at UMKC. And I've heard this, this is crazy. I've heard this from so many different people. They're like, oh, the school I was at was the most expensive in-state school ever. I've heard that from multiple people from multiple schools. So I don't know where people get their statistics. And that's another thing to bring up is that a lot of these, you have different amounts for uh, in-state and out-of-state. So right. if you're out-of-state, you're most likely paying you're gonna be, or going to be Out-of-state was out $20,000 more a year in tuition. I had a, I was not from Missouri. I had a scholarship that gave me in-state tuition costs, and um, so I paid in-state. I also knew people who came to Missouri from other states that had deals where they would offer them in-state tuition if they returned to their home state. So New Mexico offered a in-state tuition at UMKC if you returned to New Mexico for four years afterwards. What's interesting is I knew people from New Mexico who chose not to come back. That's like a an eighty thousand dollar penalty. Like you hate New Mexico that much, or you found something so much better that better you would than sacrifice that. eighty thousand dollars to do it. But what's interesting was, you know, of course the tuition went up every year from the time I signed on. And I I had my wife, we lived my wife did an MBA at the same time and she had her own debt on top of that and we used loans from hers to um live on as well. So my total debt was higher than the 175, but my dental debt was that. And I also had really good interest rates for about half of it where I did a consolidation partway through. But then I watched my brother graduate a couple years, like four or five years after me. And he had at least a hundred thousand dollars more in student debt, maybe higher. Um, and that was same school, same everything. It was just, they kept hiking tuition like crazy. And it just becomes more 
and more expensive for people to do it. So when I left after my four years of dental school at Iowa, my and I had also had a scholarship um, there. Um, I know. At, <laughs> we'll talk about that scholarship yeah, we'll, later. We'll talk about that scholarship later. But my scholarship allowed me to uh, leave um, after four years with, and this is including um, for um, room and board. Yeah, too, like your living expenses. Two hundred seventy-five thousand. How much? And two hundred seventy-five thousand. Yeah, okay. So that's and it that's that was okay. I, I liked the alternative to not yeah, having the scholarship that that was there, um, but like fathoming how much it would be. Um, and that kind of brought me down to, um, and that was the average for the in-state uh, for Iowa. And that's crazy because that you what year was that when you graduated? That was two thousand thirteen. I graduated. twenty thirteen. So like five years after me, and yeah, that sounds about right because that's about my brother's timeline. And the um, cost had gone up about a hundred thousand dollars for including everything because that was um, what it looked like for a lot of people. Now what's crazy to me is that the way that then affects everybody as they come out of school. So I went to residency and accumulated like another 20 grand or whatever in student loan interest debt that I picked up during a deferment during residency, which was special. Um, and then came out and it was started. I bought a practice and got started and, um, I was able to secure financing for the practice purchase and all that stuff kind of worked out okay for me. But what I've noticed as I've had the opportunity to employ associate dentists who have come out of school or residencies is that the burden of student debt really shapes what they're able to do upon graduation. So I think, I think my theory is that the student loan crisis is largely responsible for the decline of the cottage industry of dentistry. So you had, you know, multiple private practices and people would buy out an older guy and girl, you know, and move and move on. And the cycle would continue. I think now you see situations where young dentists aren't willing to take the risk of going into a solo practice or buying out a practice or starting a practice because they already know they have this you know, two, $3,000 a month that they're going to have to start paying like really, really soon. And you may not start making money right away in a buyout situation or a startup situation. It just takes time. Well, as soon as you, it's probably, is it, what is it that you're expected to pay a year after you start? Yeah, approximately. So, so after that year, that's when it, everything starts to become real. So that's, that's when you start realizing that. And then Oh crap! And not a not like you said, not very many dentists go out saying, "I'm going to just go buy this practice." Um, but you, you've got so much that's riding on. Well, how should I pay it back? Should I pay it completely? Should I do this 25 year? And that's what this orthodontist is doing. He's kind of turning a blind eye. It appears to be like you know what? I got a million dollars in debt. Why should I bother? Right. Investing, pulling all of this into it, just so that I you know I pay the. Uh, pay as you earn, um, yep. and uh, twenty five after twenty five years, that that's good. And well, it, he's it's gaming not, it. He right. thinks it's going to work, and it might work for him. But hopefully, hopefully it will. <laughs> but you're also trusting the government to come through and help you do that, and that's that's a gamble because 
can you really trust a government program that says, oh, we'll take care of you later? I don't know. I could see that changing. I could see, I predicted for this guy, something changes and he has to fight to get his loan repayment through a lawsuit. And who knows how much it would cost him in that situation. But to take it, think of this other news story that broke from California, the Sacramento, Dennis in Sacramento. And the state of California raised like $10 million or something. And they're going to use this $10 million to pay down the student loans of physicians and dentists who work in like Medicaid, Medi-Cal heavy populations. And so they promoted this like kind of ridiculous video. They put it online and it's kind of like there's the mayor who, by the way, is totally reminiscent of the mayor from the uh, TV show Portlandia. So if you <laughs> And it just seems like really staged. They pick this young dentist. He's working for the Indian Health and they forgive him of $300,000 of his student debt and it sounds like he owes like $307,000. So they forgive him 300,000 of it. And they're saying, "Oh, the um, you know, this fund is going to forgive up to $300,000 in student debt for dentists willing to work in clinics or who have committed to work five years in a clinic that treats at least 30% Medicaid. And what's interesting about that is that if you read it, it's only offered to 40 dentists, four zero. They had 240 apply for the program, which means you have 200 dentists who presumably believe they're working in a situation where they deserve this loan forgiveness because they're working in like a FQHC or they're working in a practice that takes a lot of Medicaid, but 200 of them get screwed and 40 of them are going to get some loan repayment and then they'll make a video about those guys. Well, that's, that's, what, that's what the government does. So, so well, Mike Meru, check right. this out. 40 out of 200, I don't know what those statistics are, not being a math guy, but it doesn't sound that good. No. Plus, if I'm trying to think if I were in that situation, yeah, I'll apply for that and I'll do that. But once I find out I don't get accepted to that, it, like, are there any, it, do you have to still go and and um, help at those clinics? Yeah, probably, or do they say, you know what, screw it. And screw it, I'm going to go to this go other place, go else. find something else. Right. And then Because that, yeah, that would be worth it to me. If you, if you gave me $300,000 to repay my loan, yeah, that that's worth it to me. Right. That's worth that 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 says something. But um but yeah, going back to the question at the beginning, is it worth it to even start? That's I think I think you're right. I think you nailed it when you said you, if you choose it for something, something that you really like. If it's something just to pick a job, maybe you think twice, which is interesting for me because I didn't choose it because I like dentistry. I didn't even know what I was doing in dentistry. I had an uncle who was a dentist. I had seen him kind of start his practice. I didn't really know. Well, and that's the thing about dentistry is most people don't know until they sit and start doing stuff. Right, and you're class. supposed to do like and all these hopefully... observation hours and stuff, but I think most people fake those. Right. Or they don't really do them. I know for me, when I got into the clinic in like my third year of school, that's when I was like, oh my gosh, I hate this. I got this load of adult patients who were the worst. I remember getting a call like, you know, we had to give them our, I don't know how everybody else had to do this, but we had to like give them our cell phone numbers and call them from our own phones and schedule them ourselves. 
And then once you had them scheduled, you had to go in and reserve the slots in the clinic if you didn't already have it kind of set aside. And then you kind of managed that patient. You were like your own secretary. And I just remember this guy calling me. He had had an extraction done, not by me actually, um, in the, like our oral surgery clinic by someone else. And he called me to let me know that he was in so much pain, he was probably going to die. It was like Christmas or something. He's like, just calling to let you know, probably going to die from this. So thought you should know. And then he hangs up. And I'm like, what on earth am I supposed to do with this? Like, who is this guy? Like, what are you calling me for? Of course he didn't die. Shows up, comes to see me later at the school. And he says, you know, my good friend is an oral surgeon. And I talked to him about this. And he told me what you guys did to me here at the dental school is, you know, inhumane and should be malpractice and all this crap. It had something to do with the way his tooth was extracted. And all I could think was, you have a friend who's an oral surgeon and you're coming to the dental <laughs> school? To, to us. What is wrong with you? This guy would like, anyway, that's one example of many. And I hated it. And I remember coming home to my wife and just saying like, oh, what did I do? Like, I hate these people. This is not fun. It's stressful. I don't enjoy it. It, I can't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Fortunately for me, I discovered the um, pediatric clinic soon thereafter and found that I didn't actually just like dentistry. I just disliked doing dentistry with the adults. And I, once I started working in the pediatric clinic, everything was fine again. But um, prior to that, I had no idea. So now if you ask me like, oh, is it worth it? Yeah, because you know what? I ended up in a job I really like. I graduated, which compared to current standards was a reasonable amount of student debt. I was able to get a practice and everything's working out fine there. But now if I was my same person and I'm laying in bed in that dorm room and I'm asking myself, hey, maybe I should be a dentist. I know somebody who's this, or am I going to be like, uh... I don't know if I'm going to be a dentist anymore. Do you know how much that costs? Maybe I should even now consider you know the number. law school. Now you know the number. Now that you know, now that Mike Mayru has been in the news and he exposed it, you know, maybe I'm thinking, oh man, I mean, they get a lot of like, you've heard a lot of heat for stuff like, oh, primary care and medicine. Like nobody wants to be a family doctor, but God, maybe it doesn't sound as bad anymore. And also, I thought, you know, the cottage industry of dentistry is one of those things that made it special, right? You're like, oh, people work like four days a week and they set their schedules and they have all these awesome privileges. Well, now I'm looking at when I'm hiring people or talking to young dentists, I'm like competing against jobs with their like guaranteed salaries and all these benefits and all these things that a big corporation can offer that I can't necessarily offer. But they're also working like garbage hours, Oh, hey, by the way, you're going to have clinic at 7 p.m. And you're going to do restorative on a kid at like 6 p.m. Like, this is insane. Oh, and you have Saturday hours like every few weeks and all sorts of garbage like that. I mean, I think that really changes the game. If somebody had said to me in college, hey, by the way, you're going to come out minimum half a million down and you're going to be working one or two Saturdays a month and you're going to work some nights and you're going to probably have to do that for 10 years until you're out of debt. 
or you have your debt managed, you know, then you can start working the, um, you know, the dentist hours. Well, the other thing that, that changes from school to school too is how much clinic time you're left with. There are lots of schools on the East Coast that um, they don't have very much clinic time and they really can't, um, they are required to have a general practice residency afterwards right. to be able to be competent in in their profession. And so that's another... That's an additional... Uh, an I mean, additional you might get paid in your GPR, but you're not getting paid. I mean, I thought my residency paid well, and by the standards it did. And I was bro- I deferred all my loans, and I felt like I was broke the entire time. But, but now you can imagine... At least but I was actually out- getting... Further like, into debt. I was right. living, but I actually got further into debt. I'm so gra- glad I didn't um, choose a residency program where you actually had to, where you ended up paying a lot of tuition, which I know that's part of this uh, Mike Mayrews problem, right? He he took on additional debt for residency, and can he get paid back? So this reminds me, too, of a fantastic little YouTube clip from our boy, Dave Ramsey. Oh, the expert. The, the expert, expert, Dave Ramsey. On debt. The expert on the debt. Absolute, you know what? This gave me new respect for Dave Ramsey. I had a, uh, a instructor in my residency who was a big fan of Dave Ramsey and was teaching us about like financial management and dentistry and basically brought us a bunch of Dave Ramsey packets one day. And I was like, what is this? And, you know, we learned about like debt snowballing and, you know, some of his, I think that's one of his things. Anyway, I was kind of like, Oh, Dave Ramsey, give me a break. But this clip is fantastic. And I love this. This is the wife of a ready to graduate dentist calling the program to find out whether or not she should buy a home or they should buy a home. Or rent. Or continue renting because they're re- they're going to have a rent increase. Of course you're going to have a rent increase, right? That's the nature of rent. You're going to have a rent increase. Right. And that's not, the, that's not the part that's so funny. What's hilarious is the way he reacts when he hears the different figures, the true financial figures about this guy's situation. Um, let's see if we can play a few of those clips. is in Phoenix. Hey, Dawn, how are you? I'm well. How about yourself? Better than I deserve. What's up? Good. Um, my husband graduates dental school um, this coming May, and it's the same time that our lease is up. He already has a job lined up right after graduation, um, and the company provided a letter stating um, the minimum that he'd make. And I was wondering, should we go ahead and purchase a home or continue to rent one or two more years, knowing that our rent will be raised? Are you, uh, have you got medical school debt, dental school's debt? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you should rent until you get that cleared up. Okay. For the whole thing, the whole amount cleared yep. up before we yep. purchase a home? Yep. So what's it going to be oh. making? Um, the minimum for his first year is one twenty. Mm-hmm. And how much student loan debt does he have? Uh, four eighty. Good lord! To be a I dentist. I know you were going to say that. Yeah, it's a private school. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, you're yep. renting. You're renting an apartment. Cheap. You have a you have a half a million dollars in debt. Mm-hmm. 
You need to be acting like your hair's on fire because it is. <laughs> I know. Um, so even if like the rent, darling, um, darling, you have four hundred and eighty thousand dollars in student loan debt. There's not even if. You che cheap, okay. cheap, 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 no life. You have to clean okay. this mess up. You're going to spend 50 years screwing with this if you guys don't really, really do, just com have no life, completely attack this. You are not a rich dentist's wife. You are a broke dentist's wife. Yes. And you got to act <laughs> okay. that way. This is a mess. It's an unbelievable mess. The most ridiculous mess I've heard this week. Wow. Oh, I'm so sorry you're in this. You can get through it, but you can't be running around buying stuff and figuring out how it's okay to buy stuff. Uh, you, you're broke. You're a half a million dollars in debt to be a dentist. Lord, 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 Lord. His answer is pay off the debt. So I don't know who, how naive this girl was to think that like her dentist husband was above that like oh well he's he's a dentist so he's going to be above this and i love how he just exposes it like good lord like yeah you you got exposed you deserve to be exposed it makes her look like like a complete idiot so it's it's great and she deserved to get it when you call like that and do something so dumb you deserve it um i think you know i remember when the economy had the most recent recession, people were talking about, oh, dentists aren't selling their practices. Retiring dentists aren't selling their practices right now because they can't afford because they lost a lot of money in the markets. They can't afford to retire. And I wonder if in the future we are going to have dentists who also can't retire because they never saved for retirement because they were managing their student loans because the like you said the truth is mike mayru he's he's he laid it out how it is hi i'm the million dollar in debt orthodontist but i'm sure as heck gonna have a sweet car i'm gonna have a sweet house i'm gonna take vacation like i'm gonna I'm live. not worrying about it i'm, I'm not, not worrying about, about my, I'm, that's my not debt getting at all. me down i'm gonna live my lifestyle and i think you're gonna have many dentists who as well are gonna be like ah you know what i got half a million in student debt but whatever, I could refinance that and I'm just paying on it forever. And perhaps instead of saving money, they're going to pay on their debts. And in the end, they may not be able to retire the way they wanted to. And I'll say one thing, I've bought out a couple of retiring doctors and you do not get nearly what you think you're gonna get when you sell a practice. You think you're gonna sell a practice, make a bunch of money? as like a solo practitioner or something, it might be different if you sell it in a different manner or as part of a group or something, but you sell that practice, you lose a lot of money and then you pay a lot of taxes. I, anyway, not a sweet investment. Hopefully these guys can afford to save for retirement. Um, but I don't know, Jason, do you think we solved the riddle of whether or not it's worth it to be a dentist? I feel like we talked around it. I think we talked around it. I don't think that's... <laughs> I think it may be just as difficult to solve a Rubik's cube that that some people yes. get it, some people will some, give up. Some people never will. Some people are still trying to solve that Rubik's cube. Amen. Some people are still trying. I think we got to leave it there. <laughs>
Well, thank you for Thanks joining for us on our, our uh, first podcast Maiden here. Voyage of Operatory 9. Thank you for being here. Um, stay tuned for more fantastic episodes. Make sure to wash your hands. Over and out. Hey. I can't start this. I can't start it. Hi. Okay. <laughs> that was pathetic garbage. Go again. Start it over. Right. Start it over.